Kevin O'Connell's introductory press conference happened yesterday, and there's a lot to break down about it, so let's talk about it. I think we got a really good sense of where the Vikings are headed. Here we go. Locked on Vikings podcast. You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first lesson of the day. Today on the show, we finally got to talk to Kevin O'Connell. Officially introduced, no more of this weird wait, no more of this interim stuff. They officially hired a whole bunch of staff. Um, I'll go over that list with you in a second, but for most of the show, we're going to talk about the takeaways from this. Um, the Kevin O'Connell revealed a lot, I think, about what he wants to do. I think we already kind of knew if you read into the staff hirings and stuff, um, but hearing him confirm that stuff out loud and talk about what he's going to do with Kirk Cousins, talk about the defense that he's trying to build and all that stuff. Um, I, I really do think there's a lot you can glean out of this press conference, unlike most press conferences. I don't think we're going to get this from O'Connell a lot, but the first one tells you a lot, so we're going to go over it. But first, real quick, um, we have already reported on most of these names, but I'm just going to run down a and give you some names for you to go ahead and Google if you want to know more about them. We'll talk about them more next week, though, as the staff rounds out and stuff. We'll talk about the guys we really have to. And we've already talked about some of these two last week uh, at Radio Row. I talked like uh, to Kurt, to Cody Rourke of, of Locked On Broncos about Curtis Modkins. We talked about Donatel a bunch yesterday. Um, but here is the uh, list of staff that has been hired in official capacity now. Mike Pettin, assistant head coach. Uh, Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator. Chris Rumpf, defensive line coach. Chris O'Hara, quarterbacks coach. He's a first-time quarterbacks coach. He was a QC coach before. Uh, Gerard Johnson, assistant quarterbacks coach. Brian Angelicchio, sorry if I butchered that. Uh, tight ends and pass game coordinator. Chris Cooper, O-line coach. Justin Riscotti, assistant O-line coach. And Curtis Modkins is running backs and run game coordinator. So, that is the staff as it is. It is very unfinished. They have no no linebackers coach. They don't have a D-backs coach right now. They still need like a nominal offensive coordinator. Um, and there's other people coming in for that. So lots of staff ready to be finished out. But first, let's, let's talk about this Kevin O'Connell press conference and um, the way that he talked about things. The first thing I want to talk about is with Anthony Barr. So the first thing I want to talk about is... Um, it's the defense, and there was something that just made me jump out of my seat when I was listening to this when Kevin O'Connell was talking about the defensive foundation. Um, I think it was Sam Ekstrom asked about defensive players you're excited to work with, and the first thing he said was Harrison Smith. Easy, right? I, I explained yesterday why that would probably be exciting, but that's really interesting. And then he was like, and also the linebackers, like Anthony Barr, and my ears perked up and wait, what? <laughs> because Anthony Barr is not under contract as of March 16th. Um, he signed a reworked contract, renegotiated contract where that thing ends, uh, real years were converted into void years and he is a pending free agent with a void year thing. So he talked about how important a, a guy like Anthony Barr and his versatility and stuff in multiple fronts and talked all of it, like waxed poetic about, uh, Anthony Barr being a part of the defense in that, that Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel will try to build. And that's wild 
Um, how that works schematically, I think it would be a conversation for after a possible extension of Anthony Barr happens. But let's talk about the cap of this, because the real kicker of all of this is that Anthony Barr extension would save money. You heard that, right? If they extended Anthony Barr, it would actually lower his cap hit. And the reason for that is because void years are weird. So let me explain void years to you. I've explained it before, so apologies if you've heard this before. But imagine a four-year contract uh, with a, a $20 million signing bonus in it. So $5 million in signing bonus proration per year. And let's say that player gets cut after two years of that contract. You probably know what happens. Those five, year, those $5 million for the last two years, so $10 million, accelerates. And the second they cut that player, they are charged $10 million against the cap. Um, instead of it being able to spread out nicely year by year. Void years are essentially a promise to do that. So instead of signing an earnest four-year deal with fake money and stuff, you sign a two-year deal with two void years on the end of it, and then unless you do something about it, that player's contract expires at the end of two years, they walk, they become a free agent, and you pay some dead cap. It's a way to sort of spread out signing bonus, and it's a bit of a kick-the-can-down-the-road move for cap, and it's something that the Vikings did last year to get Anthony Barr's cap hit down. Um, if the Vikings decide to extend him, they would essentially keep that signing bonus proration spread out the way it was supposed to be. It would never accelerate. So money would be saved about four or five ish million dollars, um, would not necessarily be saved. It would go from this year's cap to next year's cap, but as part of a grander extension. So it would become part of the next contract, this prorated new signing bonus cap charge. The problem is that's not money that Anthony Barr actually sees anymore. He's already seen that money. So new money would have to be added and it would get even bigger. Um, and that would be something you have to figure out. But if Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel want to keep Anthony Barr in the building, that's like pretty big news. Again, the, the merits of that, the role he would play and all that stuff, I, I think is a conversation for another day. Um, but in the defense that Ed Donatel is going to implement, and I explained it in a lot of detail on yesterday's show, so check that out, there's definitely a place for a guy like Anthony Barr. I'll leave it at that for now. One of the biggest things that happens with a uh, a, a McVeigh or Shanahan coach, or if the son asked about this, um, is the illusion of complexity. And Kevin O'Connell explained that, I think, really well. You should listen to that quote. Um, so the illusion of complexity is essentially making the defense defend a lot more things than you actually plan to do. Um, so let's say you bring five different plays out of a certain formation that you're going to run. Five plays is simple enough to practice over the week. All the players can get it. You can get really comfortable, get really good at it. And these are the five out of this formation that we're going to run. But let's say you put on tape 30 plays out of that formation in, in uh, past games. You're not going to run all 30 of them this week. You didn't even practice them. Maybe you don't think they'll be good against that opponent. And these are the only five you want. Um, and plus, you know, that keeps it simple for the players. But the defense doesn't really know that. They kind of have to prepare for all 30. So they have spread their preparation thin for 30 different plays because of the illusion of complexity, but you're really only going to run five. So you get the benefits of simplicity in terms of it's easy to install, everybody's got it memorized, everybody's on the same page really well, and also the benefits of of complexity of, you know, you're running a million things. That means they have to learn how to defend a million things and it makes their job really hard. That's the point of illusion of complexity. Same thing applies kind of on the defense as well. Um, the other thing, another thing that he mentioned 
is that he's going to call the plays. Somebody asked him, uh, asked O'Connell about that. And he said, yep, I'm going to be the play caller. I think I'm, you know, prepared to be the play caller. And there's a lot of talk about him being young and relatively inexperienced. Um, and he had interesting answers to that. By the way, I'll link the whole thing in the show notes so you can listen to it for yourself. And I highly recommend that you do that because I'm only going to represent the stuff that I happen to find interesting. You might find other stuff interesting. So you should definitely listen to that. Um, there's a lot more, though, that I found interesting that I want to get into. But first, uh, let me talk to you about the glory, the joy of a good Good, good old Gramble. <laughs> BetOnline.net is your favorite place. My favorite place should be your favorite place to go do a Gramble. BetOnline.net is my favorite place to go do some Gramble. And football season's over, but that doesn't mean that you can, you'd have to stop Gramble. If you're into basketball, you can go bet on that. If you're into baseball, if that ever gets started, you can go bet on that. You can bet on the Olympics or like MMA or UFC, you can even go play your favorite Vegas casino games at betonline.net. It is your one-stop shop for all things scrambling, news, odds, scores. Uh, you can even watch games live and live bet on there. You can build your own player props. It is everything you need all in one place, betonline.net, where the game starts. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Um, so there's something kind of interesting that that leaked out of Kevin O'Connell in his opening statement uh, where he was talking about like, oh, it's been so good. Let, let me acknowledge the history of some old Vikings and Bud Grant's here and there's John Randall in the stands and blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, and Scott Studwell, hope to get you back in the building now that some of the pain of the last two years is gone. And it was kind of a sassy thing to say about Zimmer and Spielman. And uh, this would be news. This wasn't out if that's the case. He really implied that Scott Studwell left the Vikings organization because of, of friction with either Zimmer or Spielman or somebody else that's now left the building. Um, boy, that would be interesting news. I don't really know what to make of that. And obviously it's all uh, water under the bridge now and it's all very much in the past. So there's not much to break down there. Um, but the, the organization seemed to really miss Scott Studwell and his uh, influence there. And if, if, Kevin O'Connell can get him back because his problem was really with one guy. I don't know. That would be great. Um, he also, like, overall, thematically, they reiterated a lot of stuff about, like, we, we're not rebuilding. We like the foundation of the team. We think we can be competitive right away. And I, I think if there's one thing that the Wilfs will enforce, like, the Wilfs are very hands-off. They're going to basically take their noses at all these football operations. They weren't even on the podium today. They took one little picture for the PR crew, and then they they sat on the sideline, which is what they want to do. But the one thing they will enforce is that they never want the team to just be terabad. They never want a Lions season or a Jags season or a Jets season. They want to be at least attempting to be competitive all the time. And you might hate that. You might think that that's just the only way to do it. I super disagree with you, uh, but that's the way it is. So they reiterated a lot of that stuff. They're going to try to be competitive and all that. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to keep, you know, kicking cap down the road. That doesn't mean they're going to go do a Rams thing. That doesn't mean they're going to spread all their resources thin and try to ill-advised build a contender. They're going to try to build, you know, the best team that they can, but it just means that they're not going to endure a 2-15 and 15 team to, to do it, to go get a high draft pick or whatever. That's not going to be the case. And if you ask me, I don't think it should be the case. The reason is, I mean, there is an integrity of the game to tanking. I'm going to just give you my quick tanking thing. I think tanking should be against the rules expressly. Um, and I think there's actually a chance of that happening with what's going on in Miami because football is better when both teams are trying to win. And if one team is trying to lose, I genuinely think that takes away the spirit of the sport and makes the sport a lot less fun for everybody to enjoy. Um, from a more pragmatic standpoint of assuming it is not against the rules, should a team do it? No, um, it is impossible. And trying to do it will probably just ruin your culture. Um, players will not tank. They just won't. They, they'll refuse to do it. They've, there have been stories where 
Um, they've been on really bad teams. And, you know, if somebody gets benched in the last game of the season and it's meaningless because they want a draft pick or whatever, this happened with the Eagles uh, last year in 2020, the players will be furious. All they want to do is go out and compete. It is everything they have ever worked for to go out in the NFL and compete. They only get so many games in the NFL asking them to blow one of them for the sake of next year. And they might not even be on the team. That is just, a, I think, a really crappy thing to ask of someone. And then beyond that, coaches will not tank because a coach, I mean, look, Kevin O'Connell is on a four-year contract. Is he really going to blow 25% of his Vikings coaching contract for a slightly marginally better chance at next year because they picked fifth instead of 10th? Like, come on, he's not going to do that. They're going to try to do the best that they can. Teams just think in winning the, the game in front of them. And I think that's the best way for it to be. And even if there might be a slight edge to be gained in maybe you're going to lose some games on purpose and why why would they pick 12th if maybe they could have picked 7th and there's, you can even quantify it, you can even say that's worth, you know, a second round pick or whatever it is. Um, all of that, I think, is missing the point, which is football teams are made out of competitors, out of people who want to compete, who want to look at the team across from them and beat the hell out of them. And if you don't believe me, Watch a preseason game. Watch starters play in a preseason because, you know, deep roster players, those guys are fighting for their lives. Of course, they're going to play hard. But watch starters in a preseason game. That thing's meaningless. See if you can tell the difference. Put put a few clips side by side of a preseason game versus a regular season game and see if you can tell an effort difference. I think what you'll probably find is that players play hard kind of no matter what you do. And I also think that there's a, a cultural aspect where if you ask players to lose on purpose, you kind of communicate that winning the game in front of you isn't all that important. And it's really all about the Super Bowl. And if it's really all about the Super Bowl, and, and I'm sure as fans, we kind of experience this, right? Your team is maybe four and seven. They're like mediocre. They're not very good. And Super Bowl is kind of feeling out of reach. And we all just sort of get really give up. -y, and we kind of, ah, this is really rough. I think this season's pretty kaput. Um, but let's say there's an NFL team that's four and seven. And they don't feel that way. And they say, no, 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 we can do this. Just run the table. I mean, look at like the Aaron Rodgers four and six run the table. And then they did ran it all the way to the NFC championship game. If that mentality is not available to you, you might not be able to turn a middling season into a good one. You're going to rob yourself yourselves of genuine Super Bowl opportunities. And isn't a Super Bowl opportunity the entire goal here? So I am firmly anti-tanking. I think the idea that getting less wins means a better draft pick and therefore its value is about 2% of the equation when it comes to should we win the game in front of you. And I think generally if you're thinking, uh, hey, should I win the game in front of me? And you're like genuinely contemplating that decision. Your mindset has gone too far away from an NFL team's mindset and uh, you're, you're, you're living outside the world. Circling back to the defense, O'Connell was asked about um, a three down front. I think Ben Gessling asked about like, is this going to be a three down front, which is a three four? Um, and he said, yeah, you could call it that. But like 80% of the time, the offense is in 11 personnel or has more wide receivers on the field and you're going to be a nickel and three, four defenses in nickel become four down defenses four three defenses or four, two is more accurate. Um, so it's not really a three, four is not really that helpful. I've talked about it. If you want to know more about the defensive scheme and the way that that the people that the Vikings have hired have run it in the past, listen to yesterday's episode. Um, but 
don't call it a 3-4. I'm going to repeat this until I, uh, the heat death of the universe. Don't call it a 3-4. A 3-4 is not the way to call it. Kevin O'Connell was like, yeah, I guess you could, it's 3-4 a little bit, but really it's a four down defense because nickel is everything. Um, and we're going to actually use varied in multiple fronts. He talked about varying up, mixing up the front from, you know, drive to drive or even within a drive. Um, and that's a really, really important part of like the Fangio scheme. The one thing I haven't gotten to yet is Kirk Cousins and how Kevin O'Connell plans to utilize Kirk Cousins. If he's going to keep Kirk Cousins, was he like really committal enough to that? It's some interesting stuff. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We'll go through all of it. But first, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. Come Comes covered in 100% chocolate. They even have Built Puff, which like tastes like marshmallow. I have no idea how they uh, achieved that. Some weird magic with collagen protein um, that makes it taste like you're eating like a, a chocolate covered marshmallow bar or something. And it's like churro flavored. It's unbelievably delicious. Um, you can also get their classic flavors, you know, chocolate caramel, chocolate orange if you're into that, chocolate raspberry, cookies and cream, all these decadent, delicious things. You feel like you shouldn't be able to do it. It's like a cheat day without having a cheat day. So head on over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You can get 15% off of your order of Built Bar at built.com. So the big elephant in the room here is Kirk Cousins, right? What is this dude going to do about Kirk Cousins? What does Quasey want to do about Kirk Cousins? Um, they have vocally, party line has been, we're really excited to work with Kirk Cousins, build around him, really nurture him and stuff. And there's some stuff that Kevin O'Connell has really reiterated over the years. And he said it again today about how he plans to take Kirk Cousins from the 500 quarterback that he is and really nurture him and turn him into an actual contending quarterback. He really laid out his plan for us. But first... So here's the thing. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about like how it was maybe a non-committal answer uh, about if he's going to keep Kirk Cousins or did they dodge the question? And, and there's going to be a lot of weird think pieces about his exact wording. So I'm just going to play it for you. Unadulterated. Here's the question. Chris Thomason asked it. And here's how Kevin O'Connell responded. Can you guys, with all the rumors swirling around, can you say that Kirk Cousins will definitely be the Vikings quarterback in 2022? Well, I know he's under contract and I'm excited to coach him. Um, We've already started thinking about how we're going to build those systems for him um, and our other quarterbacks and really our, uh, you know, the tremendous skill group we have, our, our guys up front. Um, it takes all 11 to move the football on offense, to run it, to throw it, uh, to score points in the red zone. Um, but, but uh, you know, I'm anticipating Kirk being a part of what we do. So I kind of get where people are coming from here, right? Like he said, he was asked, is Kirk Cousins going to be the quarterback? And he said, well, he's under contract. <laughs> which is like a really weird dodgy answer to that. Um, and of course, everything's up in the air. So a dodgy answer makes sense, even if they intend to keep Kirk Cousins. I still think that he wants to keep Kirk Cousins. But of course, you know, all options on the table, right? If Godfather offer comes, a Godfather offer comes. And then, you know, you you, you deal with that scenario if it comes. Um, but what I found more interesting was how Kevin O'Connell talked about, like how he wants to coach Kirk Cousins, how he wants to work with Kirk Cousins. Um, the, the one thing that really jumped there, well, two things really jumped out to me. The first one is that he said, you know, I want to, I want to, uh, have him be like a quieted mind quarterback, a quieted mind was the, the phrase that jumped out to me. And I think that's the proper diagnosis. Like, look, if I were a perfect, like if I were Ted Lasso, who can solve everybody's brain and I were the perfect coach for that, and I were in charge of fixing Kirk Cousins, I think quieting his mind is a really good plan to do it. Um, now, I, I'm on record, and I'm going to stay on record. Let me clarify. 
I don't think this is a good idea. I think Kirk Cousins is who he is, and he has been for years and years. He's been this quarterback for a decade, trying to fix that after a decade, I think, is a tall order. But I'm also not the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and Kevin O'Connell's going to do what he's going to do, and I'm going to give him the chance to do it. Um, So given that he's going to try, I think that's the right way to go for it, right? Is to try to quiet his mind, to try to... Um, He's talked about this a ton in the past. It didn't come up in this press conference, but O'Connell's talked a ton in the past about making the quarterback feel protected um, and making him feel very comfortable, like he can really go through his progressions. And I think quieting his mind sort of goes hand in hand with that, making it so he doesn't have the panicky urge to check down or the panicky urge to, um, you know, crumple up into it crumple up into a sack. Um, Getting rid of those, the worst parts of Kirk Cousins' brain and trying to to mitigate those things is, I think that's the way you've got to do it. And it's it's different than the chorus you would hear from Rick Spielman when he would talk about, well, are you going to trade Kirk Cousins, blah, blah, blah. They don't go, no, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. We're, we're convinced that he's a good quarterback and and we're, you know, we're not going to get rid of him. Um, and we're going to extend him, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was very, it was like faith in Kirk Cousins. Kevin O'Connell said, this is, he didn't say it, but he kind of started to point out, this is how I'm going to coach Kirk Cousins. This is how I'm going to fix Kirk Cousins was the implication that I read into it. And it wasn't about getting him, you know, to be better under pressure. It wasn't about we're going to improve his pocket presence or traits or scouting or anything like that. It's it was about nurturing his mentality. And that is something O'Connell kind of learned by being a quarterback in the league himself. And he was, by his own admission, very bad under pressure. So I think he understands how important it is to have a good mentality that can make you good under pressure. Um, and I mean, look, he, he backed up Tom Brady for a while. He backed up Mark Sanchez during the good Mark Sanchez years. Um, and he's worked with, I mean, he just worked with Matt Stafford. Um, these guys are all over the place in terms of how they respond to pressure from O'Connell himself to Brady to Stafford, whatever, like this is a whole spectrum. And I think that has given him this idea of it's all about, you know, the mentality, feeling protected, feeling comfortable, feeling in rhythm. Um, and even, you know, from a Hall of Famer to a, a wide-eyed rookie, everybody needs that, and that's going to be the way he tries to do it. So he's going to try to fix Kirk Cousins' brain? Tall order, man. I wouldn't recommend it, but good luck and Godspeed to you, because if you can fix Kirk Cousins' brain and make him uh, get rid of those those panicky habits that he's had his whole career, that dude ascends immediately to top five quarterback. Like, that is what is holding him back. And if you can resolve that problem, my opinion of Kirk Cousins changes. So good luck, Kevin O'Connell, and I honestly hope he proves me wrong, uh, but I, I, I don't find that possible. <laughs> so I don't think that's possible, but I really hope he proves me wrong. The other thing he said was an aggressive mindset in offense but on our terms. And he was talking about quarterback and offense kind of in, at the same time here. But he said, we want an aggressive mindset. We want, you know, he really wanted that step on your throat mentality that a lot of people have been asking the offense to have that Zimmer didn't. That that probably makes you really happy to hear. Um, and then he said, you know, but on our terms, you know, and I think that's a pretty important distinction as well. But that that aggressive kill switch mentality, that Rams running up 45 on you kind of mentality that the Rams offense has. And then he's going to borrow a bunch of McVay principles as well that we'll talk about in detail throughout the whole offense season. So stick around on the Lockdown Vikings podcast for all of that stuff. Um, We'll talk next week. We'll probably get into the staff a little bit, get into maybe some of the schematic things. We'll probably know the whole staff by next week, hopefully by Monday, or at least most of it. Um, So we'll have a lot of stuff to get into. I'll talk to you then.
then in the meantime check out the locked on bets podcast you can find that uh anywhere you're listening to this one your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling will help you get your grambles straight i'll see you all next week and as always skull